So let's start with busting some myths on protein. I have never heard you make a noise like that. Like, <laughs> it is so shocking to me right now. Like, I'm talking to a whole different person. No, like the drum roll. I can do a better drum roll, but I can't remember right now. <laughs> You're not going to add any of this in the trailer, are you? No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 2 of The Two Vegans. I'm Chirag, and with me is your co-host, Hito. Hey Hito. Hey Chirag, hi everybody. Um, For those who tune into our first episode, thank you for listening. We've managed to um, bug every single friend and family member of ours to listen to our podcast. Um, And uh, we've received some really good feedback from everybody, even those who don't know us. And... um, and for those who've tuned in for the first time, we are the two vegans. We try and bring a rather light, fun take to veganism and help others around us to understand the concept. So thank you for listening and supporting our podcast. Yeah, definitely a big thank you to everybody that heard the first podcast, that, that sent us uh, feedback through different channels. On this episode, we are going to be trying to bust some of the myths we hear and other people tell us, and maybe some things you've heard as well, about being vegan. So we've selected five myths that we think are the most common. We're more than happy to hear more things that you tend to hear, and maybe some things that you'd like us to dispel. Let's start off with nutrition. Um, I think this is the most common one, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I think the most common question that every vegan hears is where do they get their protein from? Um, And I think protein is one of the most obsessed nutrients amongst uh, people these days. Yeah, I think protein is one of those things that, uh, you know, with with greater pushes to fitness um, as a general trend among uh, a lot of people, uh, we tend to focus a lot on protein, right? So now naturally protein is quite commonly associated with things like meat, eggs and fish. And now we can't recommend that on this show, can we? No, absolutely not. Um, a lot of people think that they require a lot of protein and that's the most important nutrient. However, um, it isn't. 10% of your daily calories only should be protein. And there are a lot of other nutrients that your body needs in order to um, be healthy. Basically, protein is something that your hair and your nails need. And it is important for repairing of your tissues. Um, a lot of people do believe that protein is extremely important for athletes because it helps in uh, muscle contraction and expansion. But associating it with uh, only non-vegetarian food is not accurate. There are loads of foods that you can eat that does not involve any animal products that can give you the same or sometimes even more amount of protein that your body needs. So just to let our listeners know, if you guys are right now consuming animal products, If you're a big fan of chicken for your protein, then you can swap that with a cup and a half of your favorite beans, most um, preferably pinto beans. Nutritionally, it it, it has the same kind of protein as much as 100 grams of chicken does. Um, The other hand, if you are a dairy freak for your protein, then about 170 grams of Greek yogurt can be replaced by just three tablespoons of peanut butter. I think one of the other uh, byproducts of increasing awareness about uh, plant-based diets is that we're starting to also see a lot of protein-rich foods available nowadays that are plant-based. 
So I think one of the most common ones is, is things like uh, the pea protein, for example, uh, that's being used to make things like pastas and other things. So not just purely natural sources of protein, but even, uh, you know, concentrated sources of protein to help um, with, with plant-based diets. So one of the major uh, protein sources in plant-based food are your nuts and seeds. That is something that is readily available. Is something that you don't have to go around looking for. Um, pumpkin seeds are packed with protein and so are almonds. Flax seeds, pistachios, chia seeds, these are all really, really protein-rich foods that you can consume every day to get your required protein intake. And um, if you don't like to have nuts, you can always try nut butter, which is the secondary um, source of the same protein. And um, well, one thing that I hear from a lot of people is that um, nuts and seeds are usually very expensive and not as cheap as probably your uh, chicken or your eggs and uh, I kind of understand where they're coming from but having said that it's not necessary that you these are the only sources of protein that you can consume we also have um, really cheap sources of protein um, for a vegan who's on a budget you can mainly get them from oats you can get them from your lentils your pulses your beans um, your peanuts which is the cheapest kind of nut out there peanut butter is something which works extraordinarily well when you want to eat something sweet or something savory. So uh, green peas and like Chirag mentioned, pea protein is something that is really picking up these days. And I'm, and in the US, I think they've already come up with pea milk. Yeah, and I want to I want to reiterate again, I think uh, peanut butter is a very interesting and a good way to do it. There, there are some great, very natural sources of peanut butter available in all the shops today. Uh, ones that don't add, um, you know, things like refined sugar or, or diluted with, with other uh, spreads it's just raw peanut butter and so if you look at the protein content on there as well um, so very very good sources peanut butter has a lot of uh, different uses but my favorite use of peanut butter and this is kind of like your tip uh, is use it in asian cooking as a gravy whenever you're making any kind of curry or gravy just add some peanut butter and some coconut milk and Oh my it's God, the it's most delicious. delicious dish you would have. It's, it's such a simple and an easy to go thing if you need a gravy in like 10 minutes. I have stopped eating typical Indian-based onion tomato gravies and have moved to this. The coconut milk and the peanut butter gives me my required nutrients and the taste is out of the world. So since we were talking about milk, let's talk about calcium. I think one of the most common questions vegans get asked is where we're getting our calcium from. Now, this is a natural question, obviously, because calcium is something that's heavily associated with dairy. And it's such a vital nutrient as well. When I went vegan, one of my biggest fear was, where will I get my calcium from? I have actually managed to find some sources for calcium that are plant-based. And I've also done a bit of study and understood that just like protein, our body does not need a lot of calcium. On an average, an adult uh, needs about a thousand milligrams of calcium a day. Older adults who are above 50 years probably need like 1,200 milligrams and pregnant women probably need about 1,300 milligrams. But that is something that is not very difficult to achieve regardless of the food that you eat. And I think about 99% of your bones and teeth are calcium. That's where mainly all the calcium lies. For women, it is more important to to be more careful with regards to calcium. Uh, so, so based on the recommended daily allowance, um, th- there's quite a range of what people say is the right amount of calcium, but it's somewhere between about 800 milligrams of calcium a day all the way up to 1300, but that's primarily for pregnant women. Um, this roughly translates to somewhere between three and four cups of milk a day, not 
many people will consume three to four cups of milk, but you do get dairy from other places, your cheese, your yogurt. So while we do understand that dairy is an easy source for calcium, there are other sources in plant-based foods that are as good as dairy is. Hemp milk is something which is, it's not a very popular kind of milk yet, but it is um, on the way to becoming popular. It is really, really rich in calcium. One of the vegan favorites is tofu. In fact, the other day I met this lady, she mentioned that she likes to eat her tofu uncooked um, and that has really, really helped her health a lot. I don't know if, if it works for you, then you can probably try and eat your tofu uncooked or just probably saute it in a stir fry. Tofu is a very versatile food and it can be used in a lot of different things. You can also make a lot of desserts with tofu if you know how to do your desserts right. Fresh orange juice, not the store-bought one, but fresh orange juice that you make at home is also also extremely rich in calcium. So are figs. So these are some of the major, major sources of calcium that are pretty much equivalent to the calcium that you get from your dairy products. There are other smaller sources as well, which could probably be dates, artichokes, almonds or almond butter, sesame seeds, which again, and brings us to tahini. These are also smaller sources of calcium. Yogurt has an estimated calcium of 310 milligrams, right? Mozzarella has 210, cheddar has 200, blah, blah, blah. On the other hand, broccoli has 200. A cup of cooked kale, it says, is about 245. That's nearly as much as a cup of milk. I don't know anybody that wants to eat a cup of kale, <laughs> but hey. Dairy is usually more convenient to consume. Um, also psychologically, because we are made to believe that we need calcium, we'll immediately go to the dairy counter and pick up whatever we want to. Every other food that you eat on a regular basis has some sort of nutrient that is required by your body. Eat as much as you can in their rawest form. But I do understand that there are some things that need to be cooked. The best part is that for your protein and for your calcium and for your other nutrients, you don't have to look too far. You don't have to consume um, superfoods, as they call it. They are there in your daily diet. Additionally. We would also like to um, tell you guys that protein and calcium are not the only nutrients that you need to look into. Um, please go out there and uh, read a bit more about uh, different vitamins that your body needs. Uh, you need vitamin D, you need vitamin B12, you need fiber. Fiber is one of the most important nutrients that most people tend to ignore. So is vitamin B12. And um, each of these nutrients can be found in plant-based sources, except uh, vitamin B12. Vitamin B12 is something people believe is easily available in animal uh, sources, but it isn't. Uh, vitamin B12 is best taken in its raw form by supplements. Please uh, speak to your nutritionists. Please try and understand what your body requires because we all are different. And then accordingly, uh, chart out your uh, requirements in terms of food. Yeah, I agree. Actually, nutrition is a bit of a personal thing. Everybody needs um, nutrition based on their your day to day requirements, how much you move and how much you you know what kind of activity you have and things like that. So, if you are concerned about specific dietary requirements, I absolutely recommend that you see a nutritionist and and talk it out with them so that you understand that you are uh, you know getting the requisite nutrients. But I wanna I wanna make that point as well uh, as as Heathal said. You know, we tend to focus on one or two things and we tend to forget about all the rest, right? And I think it's really important that at the end of the day, you need to, you need to have what we used to call a wholesome diet, right? I can share what, what I went through, you know, after I quit dairy earlier this year. It took me about a month or month and a half for my body to adjust, both because that's how long it took me to figure out or what it was I wasn't doing right. I started realizing that I wasn't intaking as much calories because I used to have these high calorie foods, a healthy amount of cheese in my diet, for example. 
and suddenly all of these all of the stuff had gone out of my diet and i hadn't quite substituted it well and it took me some time to figure out what was available what i could substitute with and make sure that i was doing it in a way that wasn't depriving me of nutrients and you know for that month month and a half there were a lot of days where i would come home at the end of the day feeling really low in energy because i just i had so much activity and it was a you know a, in some form or way a busy day I, i'm someone that likes to walk a lot i track the number of steps i do and i hadn't changed that i'd kept that exactly the same even though i had made quite a significant change in my diet so i think it's really important that you think about these things when you're doing it but once you're adjusted and once you level yourself out um, you know things become really smooth to continue on that thread also i think it's important to remember that just because you you take up veganism you know you don't automatically become healthy it's very easy to binge on junk food that's vegan as well i mean think of french fries completely vegan but you can't eat french fries all day now can you so it's about understanding that not only are you doing this as a way of life perhaps but you also need to remember to watch out for being healthy and not binging on junk because it is still easy to do that and just giving up meat and dairy does not automatically make you healthy yes i agree i think uh, veganism is for everybody um, chirag is um, according to me chirag is a health freak he watches what he eats his calories uh, even the chips that he buys in the market are usually kale chips hey. um, which i could never do and uh, <laughs> But at the same time, I usually tend to buy a bit of processed foods as well, which are vegan. I like to buy my vegan cheese. I like to buy my uh, vegan sausages. And you could be a complete junkie like me or you could be uh, extremely health conscious like Chirag and you can still be a very, very successful vegan. So, of course, uh, health wise, it does help a lot. But at the same time, we are in this for the animals. We are in this for the environment. So it's a complete win-win at the end of the day. Let's move on to our next minute that being vegan is extremely expensive? Well, I don't agree, but I do see where it comes from. Um, I think uh, most of the restaurants and the cafes and um, the supermarkets and the hypermarket chains tend to associate vegan foods with superfoods. Um, they tend to market it in a way that uh, vegan food is all about kale, avocados, and fancy nuts and seeds, um, which is not the case because the poorest of people out there practically eat vegan food day in and day out. Your beans, your oats, your cereal, everything out there is vegan. It's just that um, marketing has made uh, veganism more associated with fancy foods. And that's where I think the um, belief comes from. Well, I think also it is, um, you know, we were talking earlier about processed foods and non-processed foods. I mean, we see this, um, you, you know, even when you go out and eat and, and things like that, where you have certain restaurants that are, are tend to be priced at 10 or 15% higher than others. And that's because they source their food locally. They use fresh ingredients compared to those that use processed foods and processed ingredients and things like that. And so one of the byproducts of, you know, having a vegan diet is that you tend to start to cut out things that are processed, right? And so it's quite natural. And I completely, as well agree and understand where this sort of thought comes from but it's important to remember that while kale and avocados and chia seeds are vegan so are bananas and oranges and and some common cereals and other things as well and so it's important to remember that when you go vegan doesn't mean you need to start eating avocado every day although that's not a bad thing but um, it's also important to remember that eating all of these other foods and some of the ones that we mentioned earlier. And I know one of the reasons why a lot of people feel, and as, as did I initially, 
um, that, you know, that being vegan is quite expensive is because of the, the milk alternative issues, right? So a lot of the alternative milk or the, or the dairy alternatives that you find are nut-based and they're naturally more expensive today, especially compared to something that is so mass-produced like cow's milk. So I can totally understand because dairy, I think, was one area where I had difficulty from an expense point of view as well. But one of the things I think we hope and I definitely hope is that as more and more people start doing it and start looking into it and it, it becomes a case of supply and demand, the scales will get better and, and these these products will get cheaper and, and, and easier to obtain. You know, a lot of people make their nut milks at home. Uh, to avoid these issues, which is one way to go about it. Um, as we already mentioned, you know, you can look at other sources of calcium as well to replace the milk and the dairy intake you have. I very strongly believe that veganism is one concept that does not adhere to one size fits all. Um, Everybody is on a different path in veganism. Everybody is doing their best to um, contribute to it. And um, whatever is your way, whatever... I find that a lot of people think that vegan food is also gluten-free, is also organic, and um, <clears throat> that's not necessarily true. Uh, we Vegan food is the simplest form of food that you could have. I could have fruits for breakfast, vegetables for lunch and dinner. I could have, yes, plant-based milk, vegan cheeses. These are some things that do cost more, and I completely agree with Chirag as well that it's the economies of the scale for the companies that are now manufacturing it. Until about five years ago, soy milk was one of the most expensive plant-based milk, and today soy milk is not as expensive as it used as it used to be, and it has been replaced by almond milk. And um, that's how dairy even started, for that matter. Dairy wasn't always as um, regular commodity as it is today but when it started off it was a luxurious item and now that the whole world consumes dairy it's just seen as a cheaper alternative but uh, things are moving things are getting better a lot of people have moved to plant-based milk and we can already see the difference in terms of the price levels a lot of people associated being vegan with giving up types of food. Yes, that's correct. It is difficult for people to make that switch to veganism because um, they usually think that they will have to give up on their favorite food. Um, I think the best way to get into veganism is by understanding that it is not only about food. There are loads of things that you use on a daily basis that include animal products. Why don't we make a start from there and incorporate uh, more cruelty-free products in your life and uh, chuck out all the animal products uh, that are not very important. Yeah, and I think that's just something that, put it in a different way, um, you know, if you're someone that is conscious about all of this stuff and, and wants to, in their whatever little way, contribute, um, you don't have to start with food, right? Um, food is a, is a tricky area for some people, whether it's because of, you know, sometimes it can be compulsion, sometimes there are availability issues, you know, not everybody has direct access to dairy milk and things like that, completely understandable. But there are so many other ways to go about it. And, and you can always go about it gradually. I mean, even for me, and even just in terms of giving up food, it took me almost two weeks before I completely gave up everything uh, within the requisite food groups, because there was always... Um, you know, some issue or some some problem with availability on that given day. Uh, so these are the kind of things that that are completely understandable. We're doing this because for us, this is about how much animal cruelty there is. And so it definitely isn't limited to food. And it doesn't have to be something that you decide tonight and, and, and change, you know, and it's all gone tomorrow, right? It's something that's gradual. We've seen how much it's picking up. Um, definitely our own experience tells us that there are so many products. I mean, look at, you look at things like cosmetics and toiletries and all of these things where you're starting to see now companies taking stands on, 
you know, not testing on animals and other things. And so looking at these alternatives is also helpful. I mean, a lot of companies put this uh, on their labels. Um, so there, there are so many different ways to be a part of it and so many different ways to you know, go about this change. Yes, of course. And um, to clarify one thing, there is a difference between a product that is not tested on animals and that is vegan. The amount of animal ingredients that are used in your day-to-day products, your cosmetics, your toiletries, your clothes, your vitamin supplements, um, just to give you an idea, the leather in your jacket and in your bags, your makeup brushes, the red color in your red lipstick, the carotene protein in your uh, shampoo, the cleansing agent in your moisturizer, they all come from animals. Um, It's unbelievable. The more I research about this, the more I find out that there are animals used at every stage of things in our lives. And um, yes, it is is, uh, overwhelming information, but it is not difficult to give up these things. I don't want to have horse hair when I'm applying makeup on my face or i don't want to have animal fat in my liquid cosmetics that's just disgusting and that is just not required Uh, we have for example stearic acid stearic acid is an ingredient that is mainly used in your moisturizers your liquid foundations it mainly comes from animal fat there are other plant-based um, sources for uh, for this kind of um, uh, stearic acid, which is the vegetable stearic acid. Shea and coconut butter do the same job in a much better way without causing any harm to the animals and the environment. Um, the carotene protein that you find in your shampoos is derived from animal hair and feathers. Now, think about it. If you were standing next to a bird, the last thing that you'd probably imagine would be to hey, let me cut his feather and apply in my hair. I mean, companies do not tend to bring out this information easily because they know people will stop using their product. But we need to dig in a bit. We need to try and understand what the the fancy ingredients that you read at the back of the shampoo bottle, what does it mean? Where does it come from? Uh, How is it going to affect not only the environment and the animals, but also your hair, your skin, your uh, health in general? And um, a little bit of research in uh, today's world does not hurt anybody and all the information is readily available. So there are loads of uh, brands out there that not only test, not test on animals, but they are also vegan. It's funny, you actually had me sitting and reading the ingredients on my moisturizer just now. You know, even your um, vitamin supplements have stearic acid in it. So unless you buy vegan vitamin supplements, uh, chances are that it would have animal fat in it. It was the worrying things for me actually was um, back when I was um, working on a pretty strict uh, dietary plan this was a few years ago. Um, one of the things I would do would, uh, would eat these protein bars. I realized that it took me some time to, to piece that together. I started having stomach trouble or I would, I would feel like, you know, like I had indigestion for, for most of the day. And it took me some time to piece together. This would happen every time I would eat this protein bar. And so it caused me to look at the ingredients. And I realized that a lot of these protein bars derive their protein from beef, even though the, the protein bar says, hey, chocolate and peanut butter, right? But the actual protein source is actually is, is beef. Yeah, I have had a, I have had quite a few accidents like that where I've realized that this particular thing that I wouldn't have dreamt in my wildest of dreams to have an animal product had one, and um, I think I think that's why we spend a lot more time now in the shopping aisle reading stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, no, absolutely. I think I mean that was scary enough for me because um, like it it was just it was the realization that I couldn't process that properly that made me even look at the ingredients. Right, this was. I'm talking like four or five years ago, so it's not not any time recently. Um, but yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, there's so many things. We'll, we'll we'll start reading the ingredients, and 
man, the disappointment when you realize that something you really want to eat, um, you know, has uh, animal product listed as the 20th ingredient. Let, let me also tell you that um, while this information does seem to be very overwhelming and you probably would be confused as to where can you find alternatives, trust me, it is very, very easy. Um, especially in the place where we live, uh, it has become much easier than it was about a couple of years ago. There's everything out that you need out there on the shelf. Um, and um, yeah, all you need is a little bit of research and some online shopping and you'll be fine. So uh, we did our best to try and cover the top five myths that we think are most common ones. And if you guys have any other myths that you'd like us to bust, or if there's any other question that you guys know want to ask or are confused about anything, please let us know in the comment section. Please like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> I'm watching. <laughs> I'm watching way too much YouTube these days. <laughs> Lily Singh for the win. Oh, you've been watching Superwoman. Um, so now the music plays. Because apparently that's that's the drum roll. There just had to be one dish. Like there has to be like one more. Can you do it again, please, for me? Uh, I can't say it was very good, but okay, I live with it. Hey, <laughs> dude, mine wasn't even considered a drum roll. And your point is, therefore, you won't consider mine as a drum roll. Of course, I'm a woman and a vegan. Jeez. How else do you think my logic works? Hey Chirag, how many vegans does it take to screw in a light bulb? Uh, I don't know, two? I don't know either, but where do you get your protein? <laughs> Dude, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> oh, oh God. We're lightening up the show. But the protein joke has to be there. I don't know yet. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> the, editor, the editor will take a call. It's, not, it's out of my hands. You can't do this. You're the producer. I'm the creative head. Yeah. But I'm also the editor. <laughs> like I said, it's in the editor's hands. Because, you, you know, if you say it just like that, like a question answer, it's... Can you do the vegan pickup line, please? Want to come up and see my Vitamix? <laughs> How do I do a pickup line? Dude, this sounds so weird on the show if I, if I throw out a pickup line. You can just say, hey, so the other day I met this girl at a bar and I told her, want to come up and see my Vitamix? I am not saying that. Come on! There was a meme that went like Megan Fox and this is Vegan Fox. <laughs> it was like a fox eating a big bowl of lettuce. Uh, there's this other meme which says... Um, so, on uh, on the weekends, my boyfriend wakes me up. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. But hey, I'm a vegan. It's wakey, wakey, vegetables and sadness. <laughs> <laughs> I still like this one. When I don't want to be friends with someone, I start my conversation with, as a vegan... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good thank you so much for listening to our show until next time ciao I think I think what we should do is we should do an outro we should close did you just say an outro yes <laughs> okay an intro is short for introduction <laughs> there is no such thing as an outroduction I already know this but this is like slang can you move on? There is slang and then there is the shit like DIS for this. <laughs> Decide where you want to be, okay? <laughs> <laughs>